everyone, and welcome to Anime Ichiban, Gubasam's dedicated anime podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pontier. As always, I am joined by Mr. Kyle Rogashone, reporting live from his barren-ass new moved-in room. Okay, How's that well, going it's over not there, like completely barren. I have my bed, there's a bookshelf um, with nothing on it, and there's a window with like this kind of creepy handprint on the desk on it, and I just noticed it at like... 2 a.m. last night. As well, I was trying it to is to spooky ween season, so that's appropriate. It was. Dude, this house was built, I think, in 1911, and all of the doors are, like, hard to move and creaky, and they have actual, like, keyholes in the locks. Oh, so, so you can peep on your roommates. I don't know. It's a little, it's a little creepy, but it's a, it's a very nice <laughs> house. And what are you recording on right now, exactly? I'm recording on a, uh, th- this episode sponsored by Blue, I guess that's the brand. I'm, I'm using a new mic, yeah, so if there's anybody who's listening to this and has heard our older episodes, yeah, it doesn't sound like I'm recording with a cheap $5 microphone that I found, like, under a dumpster, so you're welcome. You're also recording on some Primo uh, floor, I hear, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a whole bunch of shenanigans. It basically boils down to I'm in a very ghetto kind of recording setup, but you wouldn't know if I didn't tell you. All right. Well, now now we announced it to our audience, so we can well, start a GoFundMe go. for you. Please, please. <laughs> Harry, how's it going on over for you? What you doing, what you watching, what you listening to? It's, it's going all right, yeah. I've recently done a, a second playthrough of God of War, uh, the PlayStation 4 version. Oh! Uh, nice. And that was a 100% playthrough, so that was good fun. Uh, we're now out of sync because of daylight savings time, so like... Yeah, that kind of messed with us a bit. <laughs> so I was expecting to record in like an hour-ish from now, so I've, I've not had a chance to have dinner yet, so I'm very hungry. Oh no. Um, and so it's all because of you fuckers with your, your out-of-sync time. Um, but no, like I'm all good. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm a happy guy. Yeah, and I didn't realize it, but yeah, n- the U.S. loses the hour on the third, November third, which is next Sunday. So we gain an hour in our weekend. So I'm happy about that, and that means I honestly did not realize daylight savings times affects everybody else outside of the U.S. Yep. I remember learning that the hard way as well last time we had daylight savings time because I was trying to coordinate (laughs) our recording times and then basically it all evened out to the exact same time we had before and I was really confused because I thought Harry (laughs) was going to be a different time but he wasn't we were still all the same. I didn't know that we do daylight savings times at different times of the years though hence our current situation. Yeah. (laughs) That's a new one for me. Yeah. So, so yeah, what? So, oh, so, all right, all right. So, the reason I always heard growing up is that it's because far, it's for farmers or whatever. Yes. Like that was the reason. So, it, this is for farmers all across the world. Uh, well, not all across the world. Again, it's it's specific countries that do it. Um, I don't know the list off the top of my head, but it's not just the U.S. It was a U.S. invention. It was by. Benjamin Franklin, I believe. I mean, it's it's a liberty to call it an invention, quote unquote. But uh, since then, other <laughs> countries have adopted it. It's an inconvenience. What, what, why does it happen? It's still- why does it still happen? I don't know. I can't answer that. I know that California was passed, trying to pass legislation to uh, abolish it. Which oh, would be really weird for trying the, to pass legislation for everything. Yeah, it would be really weird if one state didn't have it while the rest of the states in the country still did. But it'd be a step forward. Sure. Like what's what's the purpose of it? Like I assumed it was some sort of 
so, uh, element of like keeping time in sync with daylight or, or whatever as as various phenomenons change. So I, as, I don't know. As the name suggests, basically back in the like olden days, um, it was a way to give farmers more daylight to work with by shifting the working hours you that were standard you could like adjust the time when people are most active. So instead of like working actively when it's dark, you try to shift it to where like your most active hours are making use of the small amount of daylight time you have. Um, but it's kind of pointless now uh, considering the vast, uh, how far we've come along in our culture and mm. people can just make their own hours. It's not a big deal that it has to be all standardized. So yeah, it's an archaic piece of history that we probably don't need anymore. Just uh, like farmers, for example. <laughs> farmers can fuck off when they're not well, exploiting animals, they're inconveniencing us with stupid daylight savings time. You just Thanks, say that farmers. because England doesn't have <laughs> I like, farm. I like my fruits farming. and vegetables still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to upset people mm. and offend people. <laughs> We're back to our. It's good to have Harry back after he was sick. It's been all pent up in him, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, as for, as for me, over on my end, I'm trying to not freeze in my own apartment. We're in this awkward transition period in New England right now, where it's like not too warm, not too cold, but as a result, the central heating in my apartment hasn't kicked in yet. So it still gets really cold at night, but I have no heating. So I'm freezing in my own apartment and like. A 45 degree room and i hate it i'm just nice. waiting for that heat to turn on but what i am loving is trails of cold steel 3. i can All finally right. talk yeah. about this game because the uh, it's out the embargo's up i fucking love it it is hands down my game of the year like, it's the worst game you've ever played if worst means the absolute most amazing indeed but <laughs> yeah so tra uh, the trail series goes all the way back to 2011 and it's this very long running series where contrary to other popular long running JRPG series like uh, the Tales games like Tales Symphonia, Tales of Abyss uh, or Final Fantasy where each game is its own thing. Every game in the Trails series like Trails in the Sky, Trails to Blue, Trails to Zero, Trails to Cold Steel, they all connect to each other. They all have take place in this grand world of Zimuria and it just continually builds off of it upon each other and Trails of Cold Steel 3 is just this grand culmination of everything with so many amazing payoffs and it's just blowing my mind what they're doing with this game and I just cannot praise it enough and I'm very sad that it's going to end at some point but yeah that is what I've been playing I finally got my review out for it but I hope to be done with it by the time Death Stranding comes out because I was going to say how long has it taken you to play through it so I am 101 hours in and I'm on chapter four. <laughs> I don't know how many chapters there are, but oh God. it's a very Ch long game. Yes. Chapter four doesn't sound that far. Yeah. That, that sounds like a, a third of the way through maybe. <laughs> right. Exactly. But the thing, the important part is that not once has it felt like it's dragged on or that I'm ready. Like the opposite. I'm, I don't want it to end. Like the yeah. characters are so relatable. They feel so real. This game takes place a year and a half after the second game. So you see some of them grown up and you feel so proud of them, how far they've come, what they've learned, seeing them internalize the lessons they've all gained from the first two games. So I just really cannot praise this game enough. The only thing is that those looking to jump into Trails, you probably shouldn't start with Trails of Cold Steel 3 because of how much it connects to all the previous games. If you, yeah, yeah if you want a good 
the like hands down the best JRPG series out there though. Like that you cannot beat the Trails games if you have the time to dedicate, which is a big what commitment. kind of what kind of combat is it? Is it like turn based combat? Is it something a bit different? Yeah, so it is turn based combat where it's yeah. Not really. So it's it's instance based, um, and basically the turn order is constantly on the left side of the screen, and depending on the actions you take, you can influence the turn order. So like heavy hitting attacks will delay you further, lighter attacks will, or if you're just moving around the battlefield, that'll be a shorter delay, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. You have character specific crafts that can attack things. Meanwhile, you have equipable arts, which is kind of like magic that has a uh, cast time. The there's also a link-up mechanic. So you have four party members at the same time. So you can link up to each and they can assist each other through various actions during combat. And finally, uh, the turn order also comes into play because on certain turns, there will be certain bonuses. Like on this turn, there will be guaranteed critical hits. On the next turn, it'll heal you for 30% of your health and so on and so forth. So manipulating of the turn order is really important so you can snag those bonuses. Mm. Mm-hmm. There is. Cool. I, I love I love turn based turn based combat. So like I'm all about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe I'll check it out sometime. But would you say start with the very first one? Yeah, like the ideal place to start is Trails in the Sky, which you can find on Steam. But I understand that they are pretty retro, uh, and maybe not everyone wants to start with them because they are large time commitments. So starting with tra- the first Trails of Cold Steel is a perfectly fine starting point as well. That's on PC, PS4, PS3, Vita basically all the PlayStation platforms and PC. So yeah, highly, highly recommend. The only thing is that they are, the first game is kind of a slow burn, but once you get into it, it is just phenomenal. Cannot, yeah. cannot say, have do not have enough praise for that. And I was going to say, like the fact that this new one's your game of the year after something like Sekiro, which I know you also really loved, and Free Houses, right. I take it that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and it's funny because playing this game after Three Houses just really made me realize how much more three houses could have done for for mm-hmm. its academy because the academy uh trails of cold steel three and one both take place in a military academy and it just is so much flesh more fleshed out and realistic and believable than three houses ever was and mm-hmm. it's it just really highlights that so that that's like a clear winner over three houses in that regard Sekiro, in the meanwhile was also a fantastic action game but what it really comes down to is just how well the world is built in Trails of Cold Steel 3 and the payoffs that come out from the previous games as well that have just been like yeah. so long in the making. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good times. Anyways, uh, it's time for Matt's News Roundup. What news have you yep. got for us today? It is, yes. So get it a little start Start us off. Uh, we, You guys have both known about the live-action Cowboy Bebop and, or not anime yes. show that's been yeah, on right? I, I, I've heard a little bit about it, but I don't know too much. Is it an American company or is it, it yes, um, it, Japanese? It, it's, a, it's a Netflix uh, American live action adaptation. Uh, and we just got news that it is being delayed because the lead actor that plays Spike Spiegel, so John Cho, he was injured on set in New Zealand. And so they, instead of recasting him, that is being, they are going to wait until spring or early summer for him to recover and then they are going to resume. <laughs> and I respect that, like he's not losing his job over that. I think that's good. Right, exactly. It's I f- I need to I needed to look back on this, but I feel like this live action adaptation was announced years ago, <laughs> and I don't know what took it so long now. But yeah, it's going to take 
even longer at this point. It was funny I think because they might have gotten announced, but as far as actual production, it didn't kick in until last year when they announced the cast list and that Netflix would be producing it. Right. But what took so long from like announcement to mm, that point? I yeah. Wonder, well, there's there are so many things. So Cowboy Bebop is like over 20 years old. Mm hmm. And there are a lot of IPs that are that are being considered for movie options that are just in development hell. Like there's a Metroid movie that's supposed yeah. to have been made like for the past 25 years. And it's just stuck in development hell. Mm -hmm. mm. So Cowboy I mean, Bebop probably could have gotten picked up a while back. It just it didn't get it didn't get the right people or to like make things moving until now. Okay, th this is what I want to ask though. What are the right people? Because I want to ask you guys. Do you ever think this will be good? Uh, mm, no. Do you? Ever, I think like I think I it like, has potential. I think it could be okay, but it won't be nearly. It won't have the same appeal or the gravitas as original for sure. Yeah. Well, okay, just, this is the thing. I've, I've not actually seen Cowboy Bebop. Like it's been on my watch list for ages, but it's something I've not gotten around to seeing. But I know it's obviously like an absolute iconic anime, and it's fantastic as a result, and it's adored. I'm frustrated of just constantly seeing adaptations that are just never going to live up to the original. Like, like we know, no matter what they do, it's not going to be as good as the original. Of course it's not. So just why bother? Right. Why make a sterilized version of something that's already regarded as perfect? So, so in this case... Money, I, money, that's what you do, <laughs> money. In this case, and I think we talked about this in an episode before, but when you are adapting a piece to a completely different media like this, you can't try to compete with the original source material. Mm. You have to try to make something of its own that complements the original. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, of course, it's never going to live up to the original. They have to create their own identity and something that you can't accomplish in animation, but you can in live action, things like that. Yeah. The reason why I think like this has an okay chance of working is because Cowboy Bebop was already, like, its presentation was already very Western-like. It's not like when they were trying to adapt uh, Death Note, which is a very Japanese setting and taking yeah. it to a Western setting and that they tried to make it their own in that case, but it was just a hot mess. Whereas like, there's not that kind of paradigm shift necessary for Cowboy Bebop. So well, again, I think if they were going to adapt Death Note, all they should have done is taken the concept of a Death Note and then scrapped everything else. Because you're never going to tell Light's story and Ryuk's story and L's story in a way that's better than the original. So all you can do is do something in the same universe with the yeah, concept of a Death Note, which is which is every single element of the original beyond that. Which is why it's a little concerning that they're you know, picking the same cast, like it's mm. well, the same like characters, right? Mm -hmm. So it's going yeah, to cover Spike, Jet, Faye, Ayn, and Ed, and like what are they going to like? What stories are they going to tell? Right, exactly. Because <laughs> Cowboy Bebop is a very episodic show up until like the last mm -hmm. two episodes. So I, I do wonder, yeah, what what story they're going to tell that warrants a movie, essentially, because none of the individual arcs in Cowboy Bebop would warrant a movie. So it has to be it has to be something that warrants it. I don't know what that would yeah. be. Here's, here's my prediction. I'm going to call it now. It's going to release, it will just be a very by-the-numbers adaptation of the original, and it will be a 5 out of 10 at best. Well... That's my opinion. <laughs> that's, unfortunately, that's, like, like not but, even... I, I wouldn't even call that, like, a hot take or just 
controversial. That's, it's just that's you, just the most you, likely thing. Um, it, it's it's going to be a pleasant surprise if it's fun to watch and enjoyable. And quick correction, I've been <laughs> wrong. It, it's not it's not a movie. It's actually a ten episode series. Okay, yeah, yeah. correction that you fucking and lie. So fucking when I was forward. when I was pulling this a new story up i learned something that i had no idea about and i'm shocked maybe harry possibly knew about this so uh this this series is being produced in co-production between netflix and tomorrow studios and tomorrow studios is also producing a live action one piece series apparently oh. i so had so no idea this, about this is this is this again like a live action? because i have heard something about a live action one piece thing but i've not looked into it too much is this an, an American studio or Japanese studio? It is. It is the same studio doing the live action Cowboy Bebop. Same, so same producer, same be studio. An American cast. Yeah. I mean, can they fuck off? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I mean, it's just again. I, I feel like One Piece is going to be even more difficult to adapt because it's so long. It's so ridiculously long. Everyone knows this. But furthermore, it's so utterly rooted in fantasy. It's all one hundred percent based well, it, around not, things not, that you can't. Not only oh. that, it's rooted in like Japanese fantasy. Like yeah, there, there, there's a there's a lot of like quirks and cultures and like styles of comedy and and drama that just come from a distinctly Japanese perspective. Which yeah. would be like, how do you transition that for an American audience? And I don't think you can because it's so innately part of One Piece's identity. Yeah. It, it just, it revels in how bonkers and uniquely Japanese it is. And I'm just sick of seeing like studio executives with no good ideas, just taking pre-existing IPs that they know are popular and thinking, let's just take that. Because that's far easier than writing an original story well, to be fair, characters. Uh, Netflix... 80% of the time pumps out garbage, but on the topic of original IPs and original stories, a um, bit of a tangent, but I would heavily recommend the Netflix animated series uh, Seis Manos, uh, which is a new uh, series done by the people that did the Castlevania show mm -hmm. that came out a couple years ago. And it is very fun. It's a pastiche yeah. of 70s black exploitation kung fu and detective movies and it's done in this super cool like retro grindhouse style and it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's a very original and it's fun animation, fun characters, um, fun story, and it's just all very well done. So I, there I guess, are yeah. there are still good series being made and, out there. So this, yeah. this the thing. This just proves my point, I guess, in the sense of if you're going to make something original and brand new, you've got a much better chance of it being good than if you're just adapting something that's already perfect, something that's already successful in its own medium. If you're just going to take that and adapt but it, it is, and rework it, it, it I mean, okay, so from a business perspective, work. from a business perspective, it makes sense that they'd want to go with something that they would deem a safe, quote unquote, bet. So yeah. mm -hmm. you can't exactly gamble on a new franchise when you have people with money that are funding it and want to see returns on that. 
I think this is is putting. I know this is typical, but it's just putting money above quality. It's putting money above integrity, money above originality. Uh, All of these artistic things that I think like really fucking matter. Shut up and watch your show. Shut up and watch your Netflix show. Kicks to the curb in the interest of fucking millionaire studio executives making more money, and and I hate it. uh, Quick clarification: so the the Cowboy Bebop that is Netflix. One Piece is not Netflix. It's the same studio that's making the Cowboy Bebop, but it's not in co-production with Netflix. Yeah. It's actually, oh. uh, they call it live-action Hollywood television show adaptation, but it's not associated with Netflix. So there's uh. that. But it is the same studio. Well, And it will probably be garbage. <laughs> we will see. Yep. Will, will you watch it, Harry? Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big One Piece fan, so I've got to check it out. But I, I'm not paying for it. Like I, I'm not going to pay for it in any capacity, because um, I I expect it will be terrible. And um, this uh, live action was announced two years ago, by the way, in 2017. Uh, so so uh, prepare to question. see it in 2030. Yeah. So we <laughs> might. Who knows if we'll ever actually see it, anyways? But yeah, that was just something that I was surprised to see. I'm like, wait, what? When did this happen? Uh, do you guys like children cards game? Children's cards games. Uh, uh, I can't say I do. Is, <laughs> see, is there a Yu-Gi-Oh anniversary? Niche interest. Uh, it's not. It's not anniversary, but it is Yu-Gi-Oh related. So Yu-Gi-Oh, the official card game, has now officially produced ten thousand unique cards Ugh, as of wow. this month. Yes, and so and I, I've I've collected them all. I've not. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> you're the very best. I'm the very best. Mm-hmm. I'm the Pokemon master of all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Mm-hmm. And so in celebration of that, they are having an exhibit in Osaka, Nagoya, and Tokyo, where they're basically displaying them all in this kind of like museum-esque exhibit. They're also having limited print runs of these super special cards, I'm assuming, where they'll sell them. Dude, the the, the card game scene in Japan is like on a whole other level than the U.S. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is an event for them, for sure. Like the U.S. has magic and like the Pokemon TCG, I guess. But imagine like you just had dozens of new card games being released every year and like active fan bases for them. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's, it's crazy. Like I would just, so in some of the shops I visited in Japan, uh, they're hobby shops, right? So they have like cards that they're selling, but they're like full, like floors of glass displays of like rare cards from dozens of different card games. And it's, it's kind of mind blowing how, yeah. like, how much that industry is supported. Exactly. It's, it, it brings a smile to my face because physically they're just pieces of paper essentially but oh yeah yeah. there's so much emotion and passion attached to them that it just kind of makes you smile when you see someone care about it to that degree it's all community driven yeah to give you a benchmark as well according to my friend magic the gathering is up to thirty thousand unique cards so Yu-Gi-Oh is about a third of that but oh nice yeah it's still a super impressive number i remember when how long how long has magic the gathering been going nine i think late 80s so it's got the better part of a decade on it Mm. yugi has been going for longer hasn't it i think but i might be wrong uh the anime i don't know about the card game but the anime premiered like in 2005, I think. Yeah. Something like, somewhere like It was in the 2000s, 2000s yeah. But I, I think I remember the Yu-Gi-Oh! Because they actually show this in the in the lower... I, I used to collect Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Um, <laughs> I and I'm pretty I, sure... I, I, I did ages ago, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure the copyright in the lower corner of the card says 1996. 
Oh wow! So the card oh, game was around for a really long time before the anime. Yeah. Yeah. I remember so funny story about Yu-Gi-Oh. So my grandpa, who is uh, culturally Japanese, but not not ethnically, but he grew up in Japan. So when I was young, he got me a Yu-Gi-Oh deck for some sort of occasion. Oh nice! Except it was all in Japanese, and I oh, had no idea how to okay. play Yu-Gi-Oh. So I went and I was with one of my friends who did know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh. And he claimed he knew what the cards did. So we played with my deck, but he just completely bullshitted me and made up effects on the cards. Like he played <laughs> one card that said like, okay, this card, any card you play from here on, I could just kill immediately. I'm like, what? That seems overpowered. It's like, well, we split the deck evenly. <laughs> so yeah. That, Maybe that's, he was <laughs> just playing by show rules. Maybe. Yeah, Where literally genius. anything can happen. Or he's, he, he's just a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that really was what the effect of the card was. And it was just like super rare and I had no idea. And it goes for like $10,000 nowadays. <laughs> Who knows? I'm not sure. There are, there are cards like that. I think, oh, yeah. yeah. So if you've, I, if you're like even casually aware of magic, you've probably heard of cards like Black Lotus. Yeah. Um, which are just straight up like objectively good cards. There's like no downside to having them in your deck. There's also like another card I think that goes for like $5,000 where the effect is literally get another turn. <laughs> so yeah, there there's there's dumb cards like that. Yeah. Absolutely. That go for a lot of money because I think they're still tournament legal. So I don't know. It's weird. It, it's funny how there are tournament illegal cards to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just go too far sometimes. Man, I really want to go back and dig out that deck from my parents' basement now. See if I... Because I've learned Japanese at this point, so I wonder if I could actually read those That's cards. a slip, Matt. That is a very slippery slope to buying booster packs, oh, checking I'm not out new decks, <laughs> and then losing all of your money to cardboard crack. I mean, I already you play phone to, card games, you, essentially. You so oh my god, that old friend and beat him up. Oh, hey. Yeah. First time he tricked you. Yeah, exactly. Here's my revenge all these years later, asshole. Break his fucking legs. I challenge you to a duel, and then I and banish then, him to the Shadow Realm. Kill his, his family cards. and burn his house down. Yeah, maybe not not that, but, you know. <laughs> Shadow Realm Stab him in his sleep. There you go. Chop mm. his cock off. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Anyways. Well, that sounds like something a bad boss would do, which leads us to our next news topic. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, there's a thing called Boss Day. It happened on October 16th. And, and there are so many random days out there, I swear. Um, anyway, so Boss Day happened on October 16th. Was this an international thing or was this a Japan thing? It was at least a Japan thing because okay. there's a magazine called Anime Anime that in celebration of Boss Day... What a name. Yeah. <laughs> With two exclamation marks, by the way. That's important. Wow. Uh, so they, it asked its readers to choose which anime character they would want to have as their boss. And so before I give you the top pick... I'm posing this question to you two. Which anime character would you like to have as your boss? Like and that is a very abstract super, term. Like my direct supervisor or... I, the, all I'm saying the, is like your boss. Mm. That's, yeah, it's, it's boss day. So therefore, who do you want your boss? Hmm. Uh, Here we go. Uh, I got to think about this. I, I also um, go. Maybe All Might from My Hero Academia. Maybe, that's a, maybe, that's a good know, pick. I mean, it might be a fun pick. It'd yeah. be quite a, a motivational boss, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe see, like I want to say somebody like Yukari from Azumanga, but she's also like probably a shitty boss. <laughs> She'd probably be like a chill person to hang out with, but as far as like actual productivity, I don't know. Um, 
I'm going to go with Kawakami from Persona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah, that's an anime, yeah. And mine's technically not anime, <laughs> but I just have Trails of Cold Steel on the mind, so I have to say Sarah Valestein from there. She is just... I want to grab a beer with her. She seems like she'd be so much fun to work with, and she gets shit done when she has to. Got, I love her so much. You've got a crush on her. You fancy her. Ew. Anime yes. crushes. Who has those? <laughs> I know, right? What kind of weeb are you? Gross. What? Next, you're going to tell me you play Gotcha. What, um, what did the, the Japanese audiences pick? Yeah, so the top one pick is Akane Sunemori, which do either of you recognize that name? It's fairly oh. mundane sounding. No. It's I from Psychopaths. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. the Wait. sidekick to oh, oh, that's the, ma- the main oh, girl, yeah. Okay. So oh, she, yeah. she she won blocks. number one, yeah. She is number one on the list, and this I this see that. this list is pretty dominated by psychopath characters, actually. Yeah, and uh, with a smattering of One Piece and JoJo here and there, some Attack on Titan. So I was cons- I was considering Luffy on account of the fact that you could fuck about a lot at work and he probably wouldn't give you a hard time. Wait, what JoJo characters would people want as their bosses? Um, Bruno Bucciarati. Yeah. Oh, so I pal- oh, I he is watched past three. Okay, never mind then. I don't know any of this. Oh, uh, Kyle, Kyle, you you need to watch. Uh, Dude, Vegas no, okay. Yeah, you you I'm, I'm sorry. Series. I I was very. It's it's kind of. A slog to get through Stardust Crusaders. I really? it it really turned me off from the franchise. Like, I, honestly, just j- j- jump forward, then. I personally really like Stardust Crusaders, but I think Ventimiglia uh, or Golden Wind, as the anime is called, I think that's like the best one. Okay, um, it, mm, I really enjoyed it. Okay, okay. Go, See, go for through. reference, there'll only be a few little bits that you don't catch, and it's not a right. big deal. Like, okay, well, if we're talking about JoJo characters as bosses, I actually <laughs> probably would like Joseph as my boss. He seems like a really That's cool like the old one JoJo dude. character I know. <laughs> <laughs> also, like uh, really cool Prosciutto from Golden Wind is twenty fourth place. That's a spicy meatball. Prosciutto. Um. Oh, fuck, I've forgotten. Prosciutto. Um, oh, I think that's an antagonist, I believe. I don't know. I can't remember offhand. I've, like, wait, okay, keep talking. I'll look Okay, yes. Uh, other, other noteworthy <laughs> people on this list would be uh, Edward Newgate from One Piece or Whitebeard. Oh, yeah, Whitebeard. Yeah. Um, Kagaya Ubuyashiki from Demon Slayer. Is that one of the Kagu- Hashiras? Wait, ka- Ka- Kagaya, uh, Kagaya Ubuyashiki. I think that might be the head of the Demon Slayers. I need to like, I, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but okay. Who else? Who else is there? I'll, I'll look uh, this up real quick. Yeah, Le- Levi from Attack on Titan is number sixteen. Oh, okay, okay. Which, all right, all right. I'm not I sure if I'd want. That. I'm not sure if I'd want really? him as a boss. He'd be a good boss, but I would be so stressed all the time. I was, I was gonna say Prosciutto from Golden Wind. Looking up now, he, yeah, I remember who he is. He'd be a terrible boss. <laughs> well, he's maybe a, that's why he's down on the list. He's he's an antagonist who ages everybody, and he like he makes you elderly. Like if you come too close to him, that's his stand power. And at least, yeah, I, I don't want him as my boss. Why would, why would why would why is he even on the list? What the heck? Uh, I, yeah, I guess it, Kavia, yeah, it seems to be random, from... but he takes he takes a kind of like quite nurturing role towards his uh his younger brother. I think it's his younger brother or, or a, a, a comrade. I think I think it's his younger brother though. Um so he takes kind of like that older brother kind mm-hmm. of role towards him. I don't know if that's influenced it, but he's a dick. He's a baddie, <laughs> so yeah. Well, Lelouch is also a dick, and he's number twenty one. Hmm. 
Uh, oh, surprisingly, yeah. I'm I'm shocked to see him so low. Roy Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist is number twenty six. I think he'd make a great boss. Yeah, he'd be good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tiny but, mini. Yeah, spirits. he's he's last on this list though. He only goes up to twenty six. So that is. I guess well, it's, a, it's an argument to kind of like how different Japanese audiences are. Of course, yeah. What that's they value and vote for. That's always the case, yeah. Is I mean, also, Gin Toking from Gintama is number three, by the way. Is there a pattern with these picks? I don't see a pattern at all. Okay. Um, maybe if Cause... I really analyzed it, but yeah, it, it, they're all over the place. I don't know. I'd have to think. Well, I, I, like, it really does depend on like what you want out of a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not even sure if I want like a chill boss I can hang out with. Maybe I want somebody who is like productivity-driven like Levi. I don't know. That's true, too, yeah, because I do value when a boss can tell me, like, priorities. Like, okay, this is, like, top priority, these ones. Like, like it would be nice, but don't... If, if, I, if I actually had a boss that were like Levi, I think that would lead to a lot of personal and professional growth. That is a fair point. So... I just hope he doesn't send me at the face of a titan. There you go. Well, <laughs> maybe you should find a different line of work. Yeah. All right, on to our episode, Lee, uh stage play adaptation oh my right right yeah okay, uh, what's, but, what is it this time but but this one we got a little twist on this one Ooh, it might be relevant to harry in fact so first of all i'm going to ask you what show or actually in this case it's a movie technically okay well yeah i'll, I'll call it a movie what movie do you think is getting the treatment this time uh, movie I'm not sure. Actually, it'd be but more. A, it'd be more appropriate to call it a short film. A short film. Short yeah. film. All right. I don't know if uh, I can pinpoint short films. No, like anime short films. Yeah. Okay. It. It is. Uh, Little Witch Academia. Nope. Hmm. It's very pretty. Probably some of the most gorgeous animation you've ever seen. Oh my god. Uh, I. You're, I'm drawing blanks here. Makoto Shinkai's Garden of Words is getting a live action stage play. I oh, see those are Here. words that like mean nothing yes. to me. I'm sorry. You don't know the Garden of Words? I've never seen Garden of Words. Uh, I've, I've heard of it. But, I haven't uh, watched Shinkai's stuff. Like, dude, uh, I, I, I'm like, aside from your name and like part of five centimeters per second, I haven't, re- just because I know like the large body of his work is on the feely dramatic right. emotional side i'm like eh, i'm not really feeling yeah. that right now so, so i will say like just go watch garden of words it's like 40 right. minutes i think 45 right. minutes and the story itself is okay it is like peak shinkai but Ugh. honestly it is objectively like no questions asked the most gorgeous animation out there available like there is no competition mm. whatsoever like not even your name or anything else like the attention the amount of detail that goes in the animation this short film made me angry. I'm just like, this shouldn't exist. This is so good that I'm angry. And it's getting a stage play. And it is getting a stage play. And here's the twist. A stage play in London. With That's a, a, a British cast? I don't know the cast yet. But it will run at Park Theatre at London's Finsbury Park from July 15th to August 15th. I guess you'll get a lot of people going who don't know the source material. And you were just like, oh, have you seen that new play? And you'll probably get a lot of people who don't get what it's actually from. Maybe. Yes, I, don't, I know. don't know. Well, well, okay, so do you know what the theatre it's playing is at? Yes, is do, like, do you Harry? know this theatre, Harry? Sorry? Do you know this theatre? The Park Theatre at Finsbury Park, 
London Spring I, I, I know Finsbury Park. I don't know a specific park theatre, but I know Finsbury Park. Okay. Is it, is it a bougie type of uh, area? What does bougie mean? B- bougie? <laughs> very, mm, uh, how do you define bougie? <laughs> um, very affluent area. Very oh. Lots of money moving. Well, also, when I say Finsbury Park, I mean, I know it exists. I don't mean I know exactly what it's like to okay. be there. Harry, <laughs> your country is it, very <laughs> tiny. Why don't you know, like, everything about it? I don't leave. I don't leave my house often. <laughs> you okay, well, you're like going to leave to see this stage play country. because you can, we can finally send someone to see one of these mystical stage plays Go. that we're always talking about Watch every episode. It. Oh, God. Yeah, I could hypothetically go and see it. <laughs> do, do I want to? Do I want to? Yes, see that is the question. question. Yes. I'm just so curious to see what these anime stage plays are like. I just want to know how they do it. Damn it. Okay. You know, speaking of anime things in the UK, I'm very curious to know what a UK anime convention looks like. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't know. Probably smaller in scope and maybe, hopefully less uh, creeps, maybe. I don't know. In fact, there's, pro- there's probably still just the same amount of creeps. Harry, you need to go. You need to do some on-the-ground reporting. <laughs> we need some on-site reporting. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where the nearest one is. I've never actually been to a convention. Um, but it could be it could be good. I'd be open to going. I think it'd be a laugh. Oh, yeah. It's like the, the best part about conventions is just being around people who enjoy the same things as you and having yeah. no bears. Just being like, to turn to the person next to you and be like, what shows do you like? And just starting a conversation like that. It's just uh, yeah. because there's no yeah. other place like that, really, except, yeah. I guess, maybe anime shops. But it's just <laughs> the atmosphere that I really like about conventions, what it comes down to. Yeah. I would like to go to one. I think it'd be a laugh. I think you'd meet a lot of weird, interesting people there. Mm-hmm. All right. So I apologize to you in advance, Harry, because I know you said that you have not had dinner yet. But we, okay. have, we have a food topic, uh, that is, uh, Kyle, you saw Primari, right? Yes, I did. Harry, have you seen Primari? Um, do you mean the new Trigger film? Yes. No, but I really, really, really okay, want yeah. to see it. Yeah, I I've, have not, not. I've not seen it because I don't think it's at the cinemas yet over here. Oh, As no. per usual, like in the UK, right. it's very difficult to get access to that kind of thing. Right. I have not seen it either. I just It just kind of passed me by, so I'll see it at some point. But so this food. is a, yeah, so this is a nice little uh, tidbit. So ABC Cooking Studio in Shinjuku will be teaching Primari fans how to make the Inferno Volcano Margarita Mega Max pizza, just like the Ooh. one gallon is. Oh, ordered. okay. Does that mean anything to you, Kyle? Yeah, no, it's a pizza. The yeah, wait, do you, you watched it though, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't get. You the haven't yet. seen it? Oh, no. Okay, yeah. There's so it's just a, it, it's really just like a margarita pizza. So it's like the tomato sauce, uh, mozzarella, and basil. So. I, it, it's a cute little marketing thing. Yeah, because the, the key poll here is that the creative producer of the movie, Hiromi Wakabayashi and uh, Koyama, <laughs> will be there to lead the classes. So it's a one-of-a-kind oh, okay. opportunity to actually right. like meet the staff, yeah. essentially. I, that, that's, that's one of the things I really like about the whole anime fandom in Japan is that they do a lot of those fan events, which is really nice. So it makes the whole industry seem a, a lot closer to the fan base, which is right, really exactly. neat to see. Mm-hmm. I yeah, guess because like it is just so commercially popular though in the mainstream. Yeah, they're gonna f- like yeah they're, you, they, they they're gonna get that. a huge turnout. You, whereas you're not gonna get it so much in America or like any other country because even though like anime is very popular in America, it's still kind of a niche thing. It's yeah. still like a, an alternative community. Whereas in Japan, it's just like 
Benom. Yeah, um, so it's kind of interesting. I was actually talking to some of my friends about this as we were walking around and like looking into the stories and seeing how much gaming is bleeding into the mainstream now. Um, so you'll actually have a lot of those like public events and like very largely publicized events uh, for video games and stuff like that to the point where it it feels video games in America feel as culturally accepted as anime does in Japan. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely come a long way. It's come, it's come a long way, yeah, especially from ago, yeah. when we were growing up. Yeah, it's it's become a lot more just normal. Yeah, with, with, to the point where, like, you can put video games on, like, the hobby section of your resume, and that's totally acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, this is, so it sells for 5,000 yen per spot which is approximately 50 US okay. dollars. Which, and I assume you get to keep the pizza. And yeah, you get to eat keep it. the pizza and so, eat it, yes. For, to, yeah, uh, for like 45 bucks, it's not a bad deal. Yeah, exactly. You meet the staff, just talk to them, pick their brains. Like, I think that's, depending on how crazy the event yeah. is, but if you get some actual quality time with the staff, I don't know how many tickets are being sold, but yeah, it'd be Dude, really cool. That's, that's not a bad price, actually. That's quite a fun day out. Yeah, exactly, for sure. I think that's very reasonable. Like, I, I pay I, $50 to make, cocktails with the cast of the office that would sound like fun i don't know just putting something equivalent out there i guess <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's super reasonable i was so mad because i remember when i was leaving my study abroad semester in japan like the month later they were having a psychopaths event basically where you actually had these booths with with the dominator guns that oh. would quote unquote measure your crime coefficient and it was just this whole kind of event thing and it seemed like a fun little time and i was so sad that i didn't get to do it oh well, yeah. now you just got to go back. Well, I guess they wouldn't run that event again, would they? It's like well, a season three is happening right now. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so, yeah they could yeah. be happening again. I imagine. Yeah. It's perfect time. Oh, see, that's also why I was like kind of upset. So Valhalla launched in Japan, I think, earlier this year. And they were running a bunch of like, they, they had like a live bar. Uh, they do those theme like cafes and bars. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was one in Shinjuku. And yeah, I just, I wanted to get, like, I wanted to get Jill to make me a drink. Yeah. Is that too exactly. much to ask for? But yeah. Yes, bring, it is. Bring these anime promo events out of Japan is the moral of the story. Yes. Please. Yes. All right, moving right along. Uh, Weathering With You has finally, oh. right. finally dropped out of the top 10 of the movies in Japan. After, <laughs> wow. after 14 weeks, it's finally fallen from the 10th spot. What will we talk about now? What will we talk about now? What we can talk about is the fact that one, uh, we are getting the East Coast premiere of Weathering With You at Anime oh, NYC yeah. in yeah, November, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which I'm not going to and I'm sad about. But if you're going to that, have fun, get to see that. There are, so Anime NYC just started last year and this is already such an incredibly huge event. There are so many big names premieres going to that show. You got Rei Kagamiya going. Really? Yeah, she's going. What well, the? she hardly makes any anime or anime, any uh, hardly any convention appearances. Uh, to give what? you some background, Harry, um, Rie Kugamiya is like the queen of Sundari. She's done characters like Taiga from Toradora, uh, Shauna from Shakugana Shauna, Louise from Zero No Sakaima. She kind she's of... She's Alphonse is as well. Oh yeah, she's Alphonse from Full Metal Alchemist. She is super well known oh, for right. those kind of Sundari archetypes plus Alphonse. <laughs> and she, so, she like never pops up at, at these things. Yeah, she rarely makes these uh, US convention appearances, so... The fact that she's making an appearance at this convention in its second year of its existence is really big. Plus, we're getting the Weathering With You premiere. 
uh, the fairy tale, tale author is going to be there, like anime and is are exploding no, out of nowhere. Are there no anime conventions in New York? Uh, no, there's uh, New York Comic Con. Okay, but, yeah, well, that's yeah. Comic Con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but there's so there's nothing yeah. like AX nope. over there. There has never been an anime convention until last year, which surprised so, me as well. Yeah, I, that like there, if there hasn't been nothing before, it is no surprise that this event is doing as well as it is right now. Yeah, which makes me sad because up until. It, well, as it is right now, Anime Boston is still the biggest anime con in the East Coast. And that's great for me because I live in Boston. How long but has it been going, though? Anime Boston for a while. I, I, at least a decade. Okay. Uh, huh? But yeah. yeah, if Anime NYC keeps growing, then I'll have to make that trip out there for it. Which isn't the end of the world because that's only a five-hour bus ride. But it still means like getting a hotel, planning yeah, it and all that. Yeah. Whereas opposed to just walking outside my door, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of oh yeah, and also we got news that it's Weathering with You is going to be premiering in U.S. theaters January fifteenth of twenty twenty. That's oh, when the rest of us plebs will good. finally get to see it. <laughs> Fucking finally! <laughs> but speaking of movie premieres, I'm very excited for two weeks from yeah yeah in about like two and a half weeks. Kono Super uh, Movie. I am uh, so. Fucking ready. <laughs> I, I am so Konosuba deprived. I need more of my life. I, I am, I am. And it's all about Megumin. I'm eternally depressed that there's probably not going to be a season three. And I think the light novel series itself is actually like on its way to ending. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I don't even, I have zero interest in picking up the light novel because I just know the comedy is, doesn't translate over as well. In it, written form. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it will be fun, and yeah. I, I maybe, have maybe maybe we can do an American Netflix live action adaptation to. Really Harry, you shut your there we go. Mark. That's Harry, you shut your. That's how we get that now. continuation. That's how that's how we get the comedy. Has has America has America attempted an isekai yet? I, hmm. I'm sure. Oh, Harry Potter. <sighs> well, that's not America. That's. Yeah, really. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's also that's, not. That's, no, that's not Isakai. Yeah, but it's disgustingly. It's disgusting. Scottish. Yeah, it's a, a Scottish yeah. thing. That's disgustingly how, offensive. Yeah. Harry, how has <laughs> how has Harry Potter impacted your life? Speaking as somebody from the UK, how has it, it also impacted your Harry. life? Uh, so I've I've seen all the films at the cinema, and I grew up watching them every time they'd release at the cinema. Um, and yeah, I think J.K. Rowling is a fantastic writer, and I've got a lot of respect for her. She's very talented. That's how it's impacted my life. <laughs> Are you telling me you didn't I, attend well, I, a boarding school and no, became I a wizard? I but I do. What I really like about Harry Potter is that it's something that a lot of America really, really likes. And it's one of the few things they didn't actually think of or come up with. Mm-hmm. And I quite like that because typically there's a lot of very popular franchises in America that are all American things. Um, Dude, our like gen- our generation specifically has a huge Anglophile boner. Anglophile boner. Yeah. So because of <laughs> pri- I would say primarily because of Harry Potter and because Doctor Who. Potter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, like Doctor Who's like is Doctor Who really big in America? Uh, Doctor Who's Doctor Who's fucking huge. Really? In America, like I, you, you would be hard pressed to find a girl between the ages of fourteen and twenty nine. Who does not? Who has like at least not watched it? There is a very. Lo- I'd say it, it is almost as big as Harry Potter's fan base. Wow, that's like unexpected. 
And like Doctor Who is decently big over here, but I, I don't think it's on the level of Harry Potter. I mm. I think Harry Potter probably has like a more rabid fan base, but I I really like that. Obviously, it's huge in America, but it's one of the few things that America hasn't actually thought of, and it's not an American property. Um, and it doesn't have like an American Netflix remake of it. It is like a British thing, um, which we don't have much of that. Like typically, any kind of British you you have your you have, have your British Bake Offs, which are fun to watch. Yeah, we've we've got great British Bake Off. Uh, we've we've got a handful of bits and bobs. Um, we have see we have James Bond, but Mission Impossible is better. So that, <laughs> that's the thing. Like like Harry Potter is one of the few things that we've really got as like as like a a treasured thing. And but now Japan have... beat you with Little Witch Academia. And Japan, yes, <laughs> Japan. Can I do I, I do I do love Little Witch Academia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we move on to this topic, I just want to mention that at the number three spot we have uh, the new Precure movie. Star Trinkle Precure Hoshino Uta I am, That's another thing that I'm surprised is like as big as it is. Is it actually worth watching? I all all I see is just like magical girl, like generic magical girl stuff. It it is as like it is as textbooks magical girl as you possibly can get. It is Monster Mm. of the Week every episode. Mm. And sometimes I Mm. crave for that. And it's because and Now with all, ever since Madoka, there have been so many magical girl shows that try to do it serious and deconstruct it, which is all fine and good. There are a lot of good shows out there like that, like Magical Girl Rising Project. But sometimes I just want my cute girls beating up. So there was another girl power. There was another Maho Shoujo series that I had actually considered watching because the premise of it sold me. I think I forgot the name, but it's about magical girls that power up by singing. They're like they're idols, and they like. I cut too. Maybe I all I I think the main girl's weapons are like giant gauntlets, and she punches the shit out of things. So, uh, that uh, that could possibly be Precure because it's, that's another thing I really like about Precure is that they actually have real fights and nice. really fucking good fights too. Sometimes, all right. like, all right. uh, yeah, I'll 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 link the video <laughs> afterwards. But if you want to see a good fight, search on YouTube Hogato Precure Episode Four Fight. That is like. Some shonen levels of like nerd. really good fighting. Yeah, I'll, I'll show that <laughs> later. It's great. Nerd. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out, I guess. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I forgot back at the stage play is surprise, surprise, not a surprise at all, but Kimetsu no Yaiba is getting a stage play in Japan as well. That's almost like a no brainer with it, the trend it, we see. Like, if it's not mm. a Kabuki stage play, then what's like the point of doing it? <laughs> Like, no, no, it, I, I'm, I'm not even yeah, joking. I'm not even true. joking. Because, like, Kabuki is very, like, visually colorful and stylized. Mm-hmm. So that would be, like, the best. That makes the most sense and is something I would pay to see. Well, I didn't get that detail. I just saw the headline. So we can look into that later. But that is very true. That's a perfect mm-hmm. match for Kimetsu no Yaiba. If, because there's no way they could replicate the artistic value of it otherwise. Mm. All right, so that wraps up the news topics for this episode. Had a few fun ones in there. Going to move. Oh yeah, so Harry, you were absent last episode, so we have we have renamed this segment, or not even renamed it. We just named it basically. So our main topic segment is now called the Shitsumon, and Kyle failed me this episode by not knowing what that means. Whatever. But maybe you can redeem him. Redeem him for him. Do you know what Shitsumon no. means? No. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> God, I'm surrounded by a bunch of non-weebs after both yeah. the licenses now. <laughs> so, Shitsumon means question in Japan, Japanese, basically. Question? 
Yes. Ah. Yes. And so that is our ma- what our main segment t- title for now on. So the Shitsumon this episode, we were actually going to do this last episode, but we wanted to save this for when Harry was on because we knew that he'd have a lot to say about it. And that is what goes into making a good shonen protagonist. We just had, as we talked about earlier, Kumatsu no Yaiba just wrapped up. We all really, really loved it. We liked Tanjiro as a protagonist. We have My Hero Academia Season 4 revving up its engines this season right now. Our boy Deku is out there doing good stuff as well. So we thought this was a good yeah. opportunity to really take a step back and evaluate what makes these characters so likable. Why do we like these characters so much as opposed to other shonen protagonists? And I think we can d- start right off with Harry because you've got some prime thought- thoughts on this, they've, I'm sure. They've all got big willies. No, um, <laughs> I, think, I think like... So they're all like cliche kind of character elements, but they work and they follow kind of basic uh story writing aspects of character writing so things like uh they'll be shit on like not literally but like metaphorically <laughs> by the universe they'll have a lot of bad luck and a lot of things happen to them but they'll continue fighting and falling forward and making sure that that doesn't deter them from their goal and from what they want to accomplish and it's seeing these characters work harder and push themselves more than any other that means that like they're so easy to root for and so easy to like because you can't help but respect their work ethic and their ambition and the fact that even after suffering so much they're still pushing forward um and i I guess it's all like cliche stuff like that but it it works it's a formula that works um and i guess now is a good time to mention something i've been waiting to to unveil as a surprise so (laughs) uh, because it is about a shonen protagonist that i think is actually quite a good example of this it's from a show that I've been watching recently, and it's a show that you in the past, Matt, have said was terrible, and you really hated it. I'm oh currently boy. on episode 55 of it. and uh, Black Clover. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the reason, oh boy. So, the reason I started watching it is because, obviously, I tried to watch it in the past. I, I got, like, five minutes into the first episode and thought, I don't like this at all. I can't stand the main character. This is terrible. I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, like a lot of people, when I turned it off, but as like a year or two have passed, I've heard more and more people saying, stick with it, it gets really fucking good. It starts bad, but then it actually starts to get really good. And I was thinking this is really interesting because the idea of like a show redeeming itself so much after a really bad start, that was quite fascinating to me. So I thought, you know, I've not got anything to do. I'm going to give it a go. Uh, and I'll say the first three episodes are awful. Like the third episode in particular is filler and, and like nothing happens it's really really boring um so yeah it gets off to a really weak start but it's slowly like you know episode five six ish it starts to actually get kind of decently interesting and it's like oh this is all right this is ticking basic boxes um but as you get around like the episode 30 ish mark it actually starts to get pretty good and you actually start to go into this honestly like you, you might not believe me like don't get me wrong it's not competing with like my hero academia or anything like that but for what it is it actually starts to like become decently entertaining and decently fun um and as it gets as it goes on more and more it is legitimately getting better and better and i'm actually at a point now i'm really enjoying it i'm not ashamed to say that i'm really having a fun time with it um but it takes a while to pick up it definitely so does. i i can corroborate harry's seemingly ludicrous statement that black clover <laughs> is enjoyable and in fact you know pretty decent because i think the last time we 
the last time we talked about it on the show was when we first really started. I think it was. I'm like not even the sure if we talked. About, oh wait, did we even talk? We about did. It? We did. It was like in the first like three or four episodes. Oh um, man, yeah, okay. I remember. Yeah, so it was a while back. But <laughs> in that time, I actually ended up reading some of the manga. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to go back to it, but I got like forty or so chapters in, so probably the same amount of stuff that you've seen, Harry. Whereabouts did you get to exactly, Kaya? The last thing I saw was when Asta got his new sword. Right, I think you... Oh, um, so was this with the Missing Children arc when he's fighting Licked, I believe? Yes, it's been a bit. I think the last thing I remember was where he's, like, in a dungeon, and there's, like, shifting platforms. Oh, uh, I think... Oh, no, I okay, that to me is when it's not even gone that good at that point. Really? So this, this so at that point, so like, he, yeah, he's in the dungeon, he's fighting that diamond guy. I remember yeah. that, yeah. So at that point, it's decently entertaining. It's when they're starting to introduce the big, like the really big bads, I think. Yeah, yeah, so at that point, it's decently entertaining, but it's still a bit sketchy, and it's nothing really? special. But I'd say you get to around episode 30, and there's a story arc where all of these, like, children from the town go missing, they're kidnapped, and Asta and a few other characters go to try and save them. And this culminates in the leader of this terrorist group who uses light magic, like, arriving. And it's the captain of the Black Bulls, Yami, who has to fight him. And this has been built up for a while, but Yami is really powerful, but you've not seen him. And this fight is so visual and so exciting. Okay. Um, and this is a moment when I was thinking, fuck, this is really, really good. This is really exciting. See, I can, I can believe oh. the turning point being something based around the fights because yeah really the you're absolutely right that even at least from where i've gotten to um the it's pretty by the numbers shonen yeah um, where it's like okay he's this you know kid who's down in his luck he's kind of gotten lucky with the special power he learns how to use it he's got a fun cast of characters he makes friends along the way and he turns people onto his side he's like a good-natured doof but really where it like stands out to me are the fights because they're actually pretty well planned out and it does what i it does something that like i've not really seen any other shonen do it's combining powers well this okay wait hold 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 up hold up for a moment this is like so we're we're talking about shonen protagonists here we can go on about black so let's focus this back on astas Astas. yes like why why do you like astas now um but Um, i'll keep yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like the idea that at the start he is extremely annoying, but over time you realize how hardworking he is, how driven he is, and how even in the face of this adversity, if he was born with no magic and with no powers in a in a world that relies on magic, but he still continues to push himself forward, um, and he gets results as the series goes on. He's obviously in these battles and he does extremely well. Uh, the last story arc I just watched, which was really good, and again, it's an example of why the show actually has some promise. Uh, all of the members of, of the Black Bulls, which is Asta's squad, are trapped in this underwater temple and they're fighting a really powerful antagonist. And they all have to collaborate together and combine powers, like Kyle was saying. But during this fight, Asta gets both his arms broken and he's thrown about the place and he's he's on death's door, but he still continues to fight. And he still continues to like rise up against all odds. And it's moments like that when you start to realise, like, I can't help but root for this character. Even this character at the start of the series is shouting and being extremely obnoxious. <laughs> I can't help but root for him now based on how much he's pushing himself mm-hmm. and how far he's pushing his abilities. And I think that's what can make a really good protagonist sometimes, the idea that they can be absolutely fucking 
just railed on by the universe, but they can still come out stronger. So you mentioned how you appreciate how Austin is in this universe where he's born with no magical powers, he works his way up. That sounds very similar to Deku from oh, My Hero Academia. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, what, it's what totally are the like, comparisons? Numbers, yeah. yeah, exactly. So is, like, what's, <laughs> one, what's something that Austin does better or what's something that Deku does better? What kind of sets them apart in your, your mind? Uh, it's, it's, it's a weird one because in a, in a strange way, I suppose with, with Deku, like he actually does get powers and he actually does earn the ability, uh, earn the, the means to compete with other people. But throughout this with, with Asta, like he never earns powers. He, he, he has his anti-magic swords, but he never earns a way to actually compete with other magicians, but he still finds a way to succeed. So, so in a weird way. I would argue that like Asta's determination there and his ability to grow, it's based on no kind of formula of like anyone else within his universe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He is the only person who's in that position with no magic, yet he's still achieving. Whereas with Deku, he does actually have powers. He didn't at first, but he gets powers. So he does actually get the means to compete with others. But Asta almost never gets that, but he still succeeds. Which is so quite then another comparison, your favorite series, a certain magical index, Toma, is in the exact oh same situation as well, God. where he doesn't have an actual power. <laughs> he just has a way to negate other powers. Okay. It's the same as Asa. Here's, so let's here's, do that. Here's a, good, here's a good point as to why... Okay, so you've just highlighted a terrible protagonist. Exactly. This is, uh, this is the, my this, plan. This is something... So I, I'm not a fan of a certain magical index, as you know. Mm-hmm. Something I hate about Toma, and this is something I hate about certain protagonists that really winds me up, it's that kind of stereotype of like a moody teenage boy who's really kind of like he's such an asshole to everyone around him and i i just i almost get this horrible vision that you get sort of like incel types looking at people like him thinking like yeah that's me yeah fucking fucking bitches like like very awful just like hating women and just seeing people like toma be complete fucking cunts and just thinking like that's an appropriate way to behave like this this misunderstood sullen teenager Wait, okay so so the show doesn't <laughs> do anything to show that hey this is not the kind of person that should be praised i like it's been years since i've seen the original series like um but from what i remember he's just a bit of an asshole throughout and he he never really has any sense of charisma or warmth or happiness to him but he's still kind of. Why does this series have so many shows then? Why does it have like five <laughs> it's, different it's spin-offs? It's, it's, it's stupid. I mean, like you said about like Asta before Kyle, he's this lovable goof. Like, even where he's annoying at the start, he soon kind of balances out into this kind of goofball who you can't help but like and admire. Mm-hmm. And he, he clearly doesn't take himself too seriously. And he's not a dick to his friends. He's, he's a, a pretty nice guy, uh, as is Deku. Like, they're both pretty nice people. Um, and they're, they're probably friendly and smiley and not sexist or weird. Whereas with someone like Toma or various other kind of like moody teenage boy protagonists, they just seem so dislikable. Well, but- uh, how about this then? So yeah, you're right that a lot of shonen protags are like that, right? You can point to Luffy, you can point to a lot of like other like Goku, especially like being the template for these like goofball protags. But yeah. I guess point toward you're, you're talking about this whole idea of the sullen moody character who's like just brooding all the time that kind of describes Aaron 
from Attack on Titan. But I would argue that Aaron at least is a little, he's got more to offer. He's not necessarily, he's not a goofball, like far from it. He's very serious in everything that he does, but he's still more compelling because of his broodiness, if that's what you want to call it. I'll I'll be honest, for me, uh, I watched the first two series of Attack on Titan and I started watching the third and I stopped watching pretty early on. And one of the reasons was I just felt like I don't care about a lot of these characters, one of them being Eren. Hmm. And and I have this real feeling of like, I, I, like there's such a big cast of characters. I just felt like Eren to me feels barely developed. Hmm. If, If I just don't care about him. Like, I understand who he is. I understand his, his plight and whatnot, but he just feels boring to me. I don't feel like he has any particular charisma or personality that... I'm not saying every protagonist has to be this goofball or whatever, because Midoriya isn't. Like, he's just a pretty normal guy, but mm-hmm. he's still likable and charming in his own way. And I don't know, I, I feel Eren... I'm not saying he's like a terrible protagonist, mm-hmm. but he just didn't interest me. He's just kind of a rage beast for the first two seasons. Which I kind of, I kind of like that just because of the nature of the world. Um, but I, I get what you mean. Where if it's, it's kind of hard to become invested in a character if he's not really likable. I guess the only other shonen protag I can think of who has like the same kind of grit to him, but is still likable, would probably be uh, Kenshin from Roni Kenshin. If Still either of you that. have read or watched it. <laughs> I've, I've not That's seen it. That's a light on my history. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, to give a bit of context to Kenshin as a character, uh, for like the better part of two decades, he was a samurai who was known as like the, the Batosai, the manslayer. Uh, but I, it, it was like around, like a, a certain event happened in his life where he decided to never kill again. And the way he fights is by, like, fighting with the back edge of his blade. So he knocks people out and, like, can clearly, like, outclass them in sword combat. But he has, he, like, refuses to take a life. Um, So he's got that, like, darkness to him and he, like, inhabits that. But he has, like, tried to move on from it. Um, So I guess in that sense, you can still tell a story and have a shonen protagonist with that kind of character, but do you? Well, here's the question: Then, do you need that levity for a shonen protag? Right, well, and not, not necessarily. I think you just need to find a way to make them fun. I, I'm not even. Sense. I'm not even sure about the fun part. So, something I was about to say about Aaron is that yes, he's a rage beast for the first two seasons, but I will say, like in the third season, he does get this sort of comeuppance that happens to him. It kind of opens his eyes and makes him realize how insignificant he really is and it puts everything in perspective Mm -hmm. for him and it puts and that's when i actually finally started to connect with him because he like everything kind of fell apart in front of his eyes he realized how insignificant he is and also what kind of impact his actions can have Mm -hmm. on others if he doesn't think about them and so that's something that i really value getting to my traits something i value in my protagonist is when they know their limits, mm. when they're not okay, yes, we all love the what you're saying about Black Cove. We all and my hero academia. We all love the kind of fights where they push past those limits. They manage to overcome immense odds. But there are other times where it's just like you, those this just you should not win this. You are clearly <laughs> outclassed. There's no reason you should be attempting this. You should find another way out. Something that clearly demonstrates that is 
and the uh, fight between All for One and All Might in the third season of My Hero. And uh, Deku and all his friends, they don't get involved with the fight. Their priority was just to save Bakugo. They could have easily tried to get involved. That would have been like the clear of Shonen. Yeah. We're going to help you. But no, they yeah. it was like, we stand zero chance against this monster. Like, I, we can't, we, yeah. there's something we can do and we'll do it. And that's it. Um, sorry, we're going to say something. I really, I really like that. But I, I do enjoy that kind of uh, breaking that formula. And I, I will actually say an example of this, and it's an example in One Piece, interestingly, but this is a spoiler. So this is a manga it's, spoiler for the latest arc. So tune out of this bit if, for whatever reason. Max come back in like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the latest arc, uh, Luffy goes to fight Kaido, who's this antagonist who's one of the, the four emperors of the seas, one of the strongest characters in the series. Um, I've not read the manga, but I've, I've heard about this. I know about this, and this will eventually happen in the anime. Um, Luffy goes to fight him and at first he's winning and then Kaido beats him in one hit and knocks him unconscious in one hit and following this Luffy is imprisoned and he totally and utterly loses a fight and this is after 900 plus episodes of fighting and succeeding and whatnot and it's this total kind of switch and again I quite like that I quite like this idea of such a powerful character just getting their ass handed to them uh, yep. quite in, in quite an unexpected way and I, I think that that does happen just not often enough yeah that's and, that's my second trait that i really like is when a yeah. protagonist is allowed to lose that mm, they're not yeah. always winning because it's important to let them lose and lose let them lose in big ways it's not just like oh you lost this fight at a tournament you don't get the middle and i know like tournament arcs in shonen anime usually have some more gravitas to them but even like the tournament arc in my hero there wasn't that much need to win so it's okay for Deku to lose yeah. in that case there weren't that many stakes but like when a loss actually means something and that they can grow from it and it has ramifications on the pl the plot from then on that's what I really appreciate and that's something yeah, that Shonen true. could actually learn from Magical Girl shows because <laughs> Magical Girl shows they actually do let their characters lose and they grow from it and so that's something I really appreciate yeah. an example also so I really like Hunter x Hunter overall but oh my god, I was so angry I, when I watched the original 90s uh, anime during the Hunter exam. It was Gon versus this other character in a one-on-one -on -one fight. I don't remember his name because I don't think he pops up again later. But like, again, Gon is clearly outclassed and he's just getting the shit beaten out of him. And the guy's just saying like, kid, this ain't for you. Just give up. And Gon's just like, no, I'm going to keep standing up. I'm going to keep getting punched in the face. And he just keeps doing that over and over and over again until the guy's just like, man, I admire you. I'm just going to give you this win. I'm just like, no. Wait, that was how he won. No. Yeah. And I was yeah, so mad. Oh. Like, like I said, I really like Hunter x Hunter, but that singular moment, I was so close to dropping the show <laughs> so, because I was so furious. So that stuff I despise. I think it's, 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 something I like, I think something like that can work depending on the tone of what the show is trying to do or, or like whatever the show is trying to do, right? Because the way you described that fight is more or less all of the fights that Simon gets into in Gurren Lagann is that his mm -hmm. like sheer force of will allows him to win. But because Gurren Lagann is all about like going over the top, going beyond your limits and being bombastic and like just completely striving for like this ideal uh that's like well beyond your reach but grab it anyways because you can do it i think it works because of what grin log is trying to do but hunter x hunter is a little more of like a standard fight shonen right 
So Right. And also at that point of the show, Gon really hadn't established any combat abilities. This is before the what's the weird force called in it again? The Yin Yang or uh, Nen? Uh, Nen, yeah. This is yeah. before like Nen got established. Like we'd seen him do some fancy stuff with his fishing rod, but we hadn't seen him fight. And so up until that moment, I'm just like, you really should be here, kid. Like you have no combat capabilities whatsoever. Mm. And that fight just exemplified that. And at that point, because I was expecting that to be like a moment where he's like, okay, this is where we actually finally get to see him utilize something or fight in some sort of degree, but we don't see that at all. And it's just mm. that. Yeah, that's so something. Yeah. That, that whole thing too of like power creep, right? And like, mm-hmm. it's like a good shonen will know how to like balance everybody's abilities against each other and placing your protagonist who you're following and seeing their development, like have, giving them an interesting path forward and upward, which you know, into more contemporary series, I feel like that is absolutely one of Demon Slayer's strengths is it mm-hmm. knows how to rank its characters and have them progress accordingly. Yeah, I, I was going to say like... Um... Demon Slayer was really good at that. I mean, again, like with the whole uh, fight against, um, I can't remember the name, the, the demon with the cobwebs where Tandra has to. Uh, yeah, that's Rudy. And, and like when all that stuff happens and Tandra finally thinks he's beaten him, but actually he hasn't, he hasn't succeeded. And it takes the other Demon Slayer to come along and kill him. Um, and, and again, I know that that kind of frustrated you, I think, Matt, if I remember correctly. Right, yeah. The head but it's, it's, yeah. It's, it was necessary, yeah. It's, again, like an interesting idea of, like, as powerful as Tanjiro is, even then he couldn't do it. And it, it is kind of a slight reversal of that shonen formula. Um, and I think that's really good. I, I think, like, I, like again, if, if a main character, if a protagonist is going to defeat a really powerful foe and they're going to do it, like, that's fine, but make it feel believable make it feel like fucking hell i can see the kind of hell they've gone through to do this yeah and yeah. again in, fa- in fairness to black clover at the end of this recent fight when Aster's defeated this really difficult opponent um firstly he does it with all the assistance of his other squad members secondly both of his arms are broken and thirdly <laughs> the finish the finishing blow isn't actually done by him it's done by captain yami who's infinitely stronger than him and it's established right at the end Aster actually couldn't beat him and it takes Yami to do it. So even then, even mm-hmm. where you've got this relatively typical shonen fight, there's still little moments of formula switching in there um, to give Black Clover some credit. So, right. so yeah. It all comes down to context. Like, do have they contextualized where this power come from, comes from? Have they contextualized this teamwork that's available? Or did it just come out of nowhere? Which is funny because... The antithesis to that of contextualization is in the first season of My Hero Academia, the finale fight between All Might and the Yamu. The Nomu? That was just like... Uh, Nomu. Nomu, yeah. It was just like incredible. But all that was was All Might being, I quirk better than you quirk. (laughs) (laughs) And for whatever reason, that was the hypest shit ever. We haven't seen All Might fight or anything before. We don't know how strong it is. We just kind of heard. That wasn't contextualized at all. But for whatever reason... That scene was just so incredibly I, so powerful. Yeah. I think it works because that is the context. That is what benchmarks All Might. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is our like. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. That's where we will compare so, everything. Like, else especially point. especially in this season, um, you 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 will see like how all of these characters who've been like built up so far will actually like be put into play 
um, mm-hmm. and see how they function in real life or death scenarios. Like season season, I I I do need to catch up with the show because this I've said it before, but this is absolutely this my is favorite, favorite arc. This oh, is my yeah. favorite arc so far. Whereabouts did you, whereabouts did you get to before Kyle? Um, I stopped a couple arcs after the current one. Um, so I'm, what, I'm all about, caught up with the anime. What about with the, what about with the anime? Oh, with the anime. Uh, what was the last thing I watched? It was probably like the middle of the last season. I think it would have been you... when the, the, they were at the training camp. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I will say actually so far the training camp arc has been my favorite. Um, I absolutely love that arc. Uh, but yeah, so you've still got like a good chunk of the last season, but yeah, I mean, you've read the manga, so you know what happens, but I'd recommend the anime again because mm. it's, oh, yeah, so yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's so well yeah. animated. It's so well done. I, I will do it just because, yeah, this the, the currently airing arc is hands down my favorite. Um, Mirio. Because Mirio is yeah, Mirio, such a uh, good... Mirio is like exactly what a shonen protagonist needs in that he's a character that pushes back against the protagonist's ideologies but in a constructive way as an ally not like oh i'm your like antagonist or i'm like your rival he's not a rival he's there as like um not a mentor necessarily but somebody just what's the right phrase he's not a mentor he's like like under a mentor but still like aspiring uh, towards a senior uh, his senpai if you want to go like <laughs> that but he, he he's somebody who like deku can like put himself against and improve um he, he's somebody yeah. who challenges his like worldview but in a way that's constructive um and i really like that as like as his character and for deku's character um because in g- going off of like another quality i think that is important I don't know if it's whether whether or not it's necessary, but I've definitely appreciated when I've seen it. I really like shonen protagonists that are empathetic. <laughs> yes, because we, I mean we see it very clearly with like the most recent rounds of shonen protags. But I'd argue like out of like the original three of Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece, Luffy is a very empathetic protagonist. Like he he yeah. will like he will talk to and like try to get along with his with the villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he's right. like so likable as a result just just like even when he's been a bit of an idiot and he's being short-sighted and close-minded yeah you yeah. can tell always mm-hmm. that he has people's best interests at heart mm-hmm. and he'll always try and do what's right and mm-hmm. you can always kind of again rally behind that and support that as a viewer which is why it's, a sto- oh, yeah. uh, i was just going to say that it's great because you have those moments like he'll, he'll like get along with buggy but then you'll have those moments like where it's uh I think it was the, the the first arc where you really see him like lose his shit is with the Fishman Island. Um yeah. and you you see like all the trauma that Nami has gone through and Luffy just like absolutely all right, goes time berserk. to roll up them sleeves. Yeah, like he <laughs> actually like gets into you see him like be serious for like I think the first time in the series and it's it's really impactful. Yeah, totally. But you were saying exactly really what cool. When you the protagonist knows like everyone has a story behind how they reached where they are right now. And so it's important to kind of understand that sometimes rather than just kind of punch first, ask later. But there are times when it's like, okay, I know that there's no reasoning with you. Nothing I say is going to mean anything. And so it's just time to talk with our fists. And so it's really important to be able to distinguish the two and not have too much of one or the other. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, I, I think right. that's a. That, yeah. Any other closing? Yeah. Seems I, like that's. 
We've said some good stuff. Shonen Pro tags are good. Well, I I think I'm I'm excited to see what Shonens look like in another ten years because I feel like the current round of Shonen Pro tags are very different from what we got in like the early to mid two thousands. Yes, yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see where they go. And I hope there's a total departure from the sort of Toma type of protagonist. <laughs> Just these sort of angsty I think we're we're always gonna so... get those. We're always gonna get those yeah. Kiritos. Look yep, well, look no further than Ari Furuto from last season. What I find frustrating is that they behave like that, but everyone likes them regardless of it. That's what I find annoying. I don't care <laughs> if someone's moody and sullen. But I want people to call them out on that shit. Well, say, no, I you're guess you're just angry at all the 14-year-old boys that like anime. Well, that's what I find weird as well. Like, you're going to get just teenagers. You're just Chigo wrong, Harry. It, it's, it's just like, <laughs> it's just fucking people that teenagers can project themselves onto. And I just find that so one-dimensional that's, and boring. They'll, they'll grow beyond it, ideally. I don't, <laughs> I don't know just, many. I, I actually don't know many adults that enjoy sword art. Yeah, do you know? Kivito is a stupid Matt, do you know anybody like in our age range that like legitimately enjoys sword art and thinks Kirito is a good character? Um, for the first half, I can refer to myself for the current season. Because Alicization has actually been objectively good. Oh no, Matt, um, you're one you of them. But Kirito Kirito is good. Yeah, exactly. So I, I liked Alicization. I mentioned that on the last list. I'm mentioning I'm kind of saying the same thing for this list too, but Kirito is still Kirito. I don't like Kirito. And one of the reasons I like this new season of Alicization is that Kirito is literally in a coma. <laughs> so he's out of the picture. And so it's focusing on another character. And also That's I like the first season of Alicization is because it brought in another male character that put him on equal standing as Kirito at, in terms of plot relevance. So that was nice. But So I like sword art now. Keyword now. I don't See, like Kirito. Very, I never liked Kirito. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's that. That's that's all I'll say on Sword Art. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have some other friends in my friend group that also are enjoying the current season. Oh, so that right, answers right. your question well, too. You're always going to. Have it took a long those, time to get here. You're always Again, going to have this, new shows. Isn't this an interesting point about like uh, about like something redeeming itself? So like for me, I think like, I'm impressed that Black Clover redeems itself after a sketchy start. And there's still mm-hmm. like poor moments later on. There, there are still moments now where the animation is sketchy. Um, but it does overall narratively and in terms of its characters redeem itself. And Matt, you could argue that like Sword Art Online has redeemed itself after some very poor moments. Uh, but what other series do you guys think like start off terribly, but get really good if you stick with them? I don't know because I don't think I would stick with yeah. them. I <laughs> yeah, usually I can give o- I can only a yeah. three episode go and then I can only think of shows that had slow starts mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. ramped up. I can't think of one that I really, really hated to start off and then stuck up stuck with it. I'd have to think on that. Uh, um, yeah, no. I, I yeah, because like I guess that so the only thing that could be long enough that could do that is a shonen. Right. And yeah. shonens are kind of a commitment. And I like I don't like if I don't enjoy a show, I'm not gonna stick with it. Yeah, um yeah. so I mm-hmm. I can see why you'd enjoy Black Clover now. Um But which, you also said it got good thirty episodes down the yeah, line. Yeah, so which is yeah, not an I, insignificant well, number. I, I I will say like it's only the first three episodes that are actively just not good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched the I, first I, twelve and I was so unimpressed the whole twelve. Oh really? Yeah. No, it's, it's, like, I felt yeah. like episode four, five onwards was decent. Like, it, it wasn't anything special, but I was entertained yeah. enough. Um, 
but yeah, I'd say it's when you yeah. get to like the, the episode 30 ish mark. That really picks That's up the thing them. though, is like, is decent good enough when there are so yeah. many other things to watch <laughs> nowadays? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's whether yeah. you're willing to stick it out and, and what. Yeah, and also I think Black Clover, because Black Clover is also airing the same time My Hero Academia was. So it's just like, oh yeah, oh, I wonder what shot I'm going to watch. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think we'll especially leave with, it on with, there, with the nature of shonens too, it's like you can, for better or for worse, it can get a little samey. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Actually, I guess we'll end it off really quickly. So, really quick, favorite shonen pro tag. Tick. I mean, is is isn't surprising. Mine is Kirito. Me, no, it's not. <laughs> isn't surprising to me. I'll just say Luffy. I, I fucking love One Piece, and I think Luffy's such a fun character. Um, I also really love, I think this is something I read online, I don't know if it's like an official quote from Eiichiro Oda, but it was the idea that um, he, he he created the idea of like Luffy being made of rubber because it serves as a constant juxtaposition to whatever dark themes One Piece might be exploring. So no matter how dark it gets narratively, mm. no matter what themes are ever explored, there's always a moment of levity in the fact that the main character is made of rubber. That's I really think- cute. I, I quite love it. I think I've, I've read that online. I don't know if it's an official quote from H.O. Oda. I think it is. But if I'm wrong, it's just a thing that I think is cool. Um. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for favorite I, shonen pro tags, uh, I'd probably go with maybe Kid Goku from like the original Dragon Ball. I think he's like that right mix of like humor and like just kick-ass martial artist um that i i really like to see it, it, it's it's a very basic template but i think it's served as the template for a reason mm-hmm. and as it is right now even though i asked the question i'm drawing blanks as well but i, I will say right now i think uh, deku would probably be my favorite just for the reasons i listed before he knows when to show restraint he knows mm. his limits he knows when mm. he has to push back past those limits he knows when he has to roll up the sleeves he knows when he has to talk <sighs> So oh no, I, I completely forgot. No, my absolute yeah. favorite Shonen Proud is Simon from Gurren Logan. Why did I like completely forget about <laughs> that? No, it's Simon. There's like no question about that. All right. Anyways, Simon from the first half, second half, or all yes. of Simon. Si- well, you okay. like to get to Simon from the second half. You need Simon from the first half, and Simon from yep. the first half is pretty good. Yeah, I, I can get behind that decision. No, no I'm going with Simon. <laughs> all right. Okay, that's a wrap of our show. We had some good discussion on the Shonen Pro Tag. I'm glad we saved that discussion for when Harry came on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. An interesting thing would be uh, what makes a good Shonen antagonist, but that would be a topic Ooh. for a later time. So yeah. we, we will wrap up here. It's time to talk about Goombastomp.com. Goombastomp is our lovely site that this podcast is a part of. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or uh, in a Google Play store, I forgot the other one, <laughs> then you can go check us out at Goombastomp.com. We have anime articles, we have video game articles, we have movie articles, TV shows, the whole gamut. We do traditional reviews, retrospectives, just really things we're passionate about. Essentially, we try not to publish clickbaity things. So it's all things that we have something to say about. So we really encourage you to go check that out. I also have a challenge for all of you listeners out there. If you've been listening to us for a while now and you enjoy what we're saying, I challenge you to leave us a comment or leave us a review. Just let us know what you think about our show, what you like about it, what you want to see more of. How it can even doing. just be like a random word. Just, just say, I, I, just say it. It can be a monosyllabic <laughs> comment. Yeah, I've, I've never heard any feedback from anyone about anything we talk about. So, so obviously we're doing perfectly is what that means. Well, it's so weird because I've, I've seen people comment on our articles on like 
or anime articles specifically and say like, hey, I've been like following your content. I really like it. And it's like, please say that stuff more often because it's very, yeah, exactly. it's very validating. Exactly. Speak up. We, we appreciate it. And if you have something you want us to talk about, definitely leave that in. It's less work for us to come up with the topics each week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going to sign off. Harry, where can we find you? Uh, Harry underscore Morris underscore on Twitter. Um, and Harry Morris on Goomba Stomp. Check out my articles. The last one I did is ranking all of One Piece's openings. And I posted it on Reddit and I got uh, overwhelmingly negative feedback. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, I feel don't like that you were asking it. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because obviously that kind of thing, when you're ranking 22 openings, people are going to disagree because it's a very subjective thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ranked a few down the bottom that people actually quite like. So... Uh, <laughs> That was that was good. Maybe so, you were just theory. wrong. Yeah, you were just wrong. You were just wrong. If, yep. if wrong is right, then yes, <laughs> I was wrong. Um, but no, by all means, check my article out on Goomba Stomp and give me some positive feedback. I think my, my ranking system was really good and I think I explained my picks really well. But that's just me. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle, where can we find you? You can at? find me at like the rogue. And this week I have, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. Harry's, Matt's got his anime recommendations. I've got my manga recommendations. So you should all go read uh, Don't Bully Me, Nagatoro. Uh, it is a very fun, uh, very cute rom-com um, with, some, with, with, with a cute little kohai bullying her senpai and it's just some good good fun good fun if you all like right. cheesecake <laughs> sometimes we all need a little cheesecake just, in our I life eat so much unless you're lactose intolerant then make can you make cheesecake uh, that probably wouldn't be very good cheese well you can make it with, i'm like, sure i'm sure there milk. is to be yeah. fair, I, i've had i've had a vegan cheesecake at a nearby restaurant and it was fucking awesome all right, really? there you go. Yeah. So you have no excuse really then. Good. Everyone can use some I, cheesecake I, I, in the if, if you are a vegan, that is perfectly fine. But it's just overwhelmingly every vegan dish I've had just does not taste good. Maybe I just haven't had a good vegan dish. You've, you've, you've probably had very bad ones because it's it's like anything. Once you get used to it and once you know where to shop and what to cook, it's fucking awesome. All right. All right. Yep. All right, you can find me at Vegan Eater at, on Twitter. No, <laughs> you can find me at Musing Mojak, M-U-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K on Twitter. You can also find me on Goomba Stomp as the anime editor. I just published the review for Trails of Cold Steel 3. I love it. It's my game of the year. Like I said, everyone should play Trails of Cold Steel. It's so good. Oh, it's my very good. anime recommendation yeah, this it. time will <laughs> be Orisuki, which is airing this season. And it's yeah, it's it's phenomenal, and I was really surprised when I got Brent's capsule review for our list coming up, and he really did not like it. I've but, seen the first couple episodes. Uh, I like anyways, what they're doing. I love I, it. Kyle loves it. it, it apparently, it's, it's as very well. it is, light fluff, but it's cute and fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's very fast paced too, which I appreciate. So if you if you are a fan of rom coms and you are particularly jaded by the formula at this point then Orisuki is definitely up, up for you. If you don't like rom-coms, uh, I would ar- even argue well, that might be for it, you as I, well. I would say it affectionally makes, kind of makes fun, fun of it. Of like a lot you, of those. Like, I wouldn't watch this if I weren't a fan of rom-coms. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. difficult. It, it leans into its jokes so hard that you know that there's something a little more going on there. Anyways, that's my recommendation. That's all we got for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Ciao.